Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow in all my corners of the internet. Wow, we we have snow today when I'm recording this. I am pre-recording because next week is reading week for my partner and he's going to be home. And Lord knows I cannot podcast when anyone else is home because I am so self-conscious. We're doing this ahead of time and we have snow. Now, originally they were calling for 10 centimeters. That would have been very unmanageable. It's looking more like three or four probably in accumulation. And I bet my bottom dollar it will be melted within five days. We are in that second winter, so I'm having a very slow, cozy start to my day. I'm still in my pajamas, even though it's almost 12.30 noon. Making it easy before I head off to work this evening. But I just sit down and do a little podcasting with y'all. Today, I wanna talk a little bit about chronic illness and how that's affected my life and how capitalism and chronic illness really just don't go together. First, a little bit, what's new with me? I don't know about y'all, I, my skin, my skin and me are fighting for my life with this dry, cold weather. I am an eczema girly. My autoimmune condition that I have also affects my skin. And we are just, we are all flared up. I got the scabby back, the scabby shoulders, so itchy. I am slathering on the Eucerin, Vaseline, steroid creams. Sadly, had to limit my hot showers and hot baths. And I'm so stubborn about this. I won't start limiting until I am in like a super flare. Anyone else with skin conditions, I'm sure understands this where they say, oh, make sure you take warm showers, not too hot because it'll dry you out more. I, I don't, I just don't function that way. I want my shower hot as Hades. I want to feel burned, scorched by the end. I'm at a point, I'm at a point where I've had to sacrifice my twice a day baths because it's dried me out too much. So I had a little foot bath this morning. I got my little basin out, put some Epsom salts in, read my book, and had a very relaxing start to my day on the couch. Also joined another book club. I'm really excited about. If you listen, you know I am in a book club with one of my friends that I knew growing up in my small town and one of her friends from up north. That book club is very casual. We talk 95% life, 5% books, but I joined a book club ran by my friend Molly. It was like on book talk, bookstagram and lives in my city. And she was like, I'm putting together a little book club. I mean, in person, some people are from all over Ontario so we can have them zoom in. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, you know what? I'm at a point with my mental health where 
yeah, leaving the house is hard. Making friends is hard, but I'm feeling like I'm at a good spot. And this sounds fun. It doesn't sound exhausting. Join the little Instagram group chat and I've made some new friends. And it's so interesting because it is people that I wouldn't usually think would maybe want to be friends with me. This may be me being hard on myself, but it's what I call real adults. People in their 30s and 40s that are like nurses or working for nonprofits, like with kids and homes and cars. I think, I think it's good and I think it's important. And again, I don't get out much. So I think this is gonna be really great to just exposing me to different sectors of the community. And I don't know, just chatting about a common interest with people from vastly different lives than me. I feel so warm and welcome there. And immediately somehow through introductions, we were all talking about mental health. Feels like a very safe place. And I'm very, very excited about that. Something exciting coming into my life this year. Otherwise, there hasn't been a whole lot going on. I've just been staying home, trying not to spend money. And like I've said in my low by year updates, life just, it feels boring to the internet. It doesn't feel boring to me. But as somebody that posts content online, I'm like, I don't really have a lot to share when you're just staying home trying to save money. Because anytime you leave the house, you're going to spend at least $20. More than that, $50. $50 has become the new $20. I am not about that. So I'm staying home. I'm watching TV. I am reading. I am reorganizing. To stretch, do a little yoga with Adrian on YouTube. Joining book clubs. We've got the long weekend this weekend when you're listening here in Canada. Anyhow, it is family day, whatever that means. I know it is a relatively newer holiday introduced. I need to get my dang groceries before everything is closed on Monday. Not much else to report otherwise. Trying to stay offline more. Last night I went to go to bed and I was like, you know what? I'm having a really hard time winding down. I feel like I was on my phone too much today and not even just on my phone too much, but exposing myself to too much real life, as I like to call it. I require a lot of ignorance and unplugging in my day, voluntarily. I had made the mistake of somehow watching a little too much TikTok where the algorithm was bringing me like world news. I like a certain level of blissful ignorance when it comes to that because there is a lot of fear mongering that goes on. And I'm like, I don't need to hear about potential national security threats with space nukes. Sounds like I just made that up and I didn't. That was somehow exactly what was in the news yesterday. Watching too much serious content on YouTube. I was like, I need today to be more of a relaxed and calming day. Like I said, I started my morning reading my book with my foot bath, watched a little bit more of H2O Just Said Water, which I'm rewatching as I mentioned in a previous podcast because it was one of my favorite shows as a kid. I'm really gonna try this afternoon to just stay unplugged, listen to my audiobook, find my damn business. Nothing is better for my nervous system than minding my business. Yeah, February's been a pretty, a pretty quiet month. Quiet is good. No news is good news indeed. There may not be any big spectacular fun things happening, but there is also nothing horrific happening and I take that as a win. Oh, anyhow, today I want to talk about chronic illness and life and work and the whole shebang. This isn't something I talk about online a whole lot anymore. Mostly because I think I've adapted my life so much to living with chronic illness that it's just a part of me. I'm deep in the community. Most of my friends are now people with chronic illness do who just get it. But for those of you where that might not be your reality, I think it's important to be aware because you definitely have someone close to you in your life with chronic illness, whether you know it or not. For other spoonies, I think it's just nice to 
feel like somebody gets it. I've had an autoimmune condition since my early 20s, which was brought on by trauma. I didn't know until I was diagnosed with lichen sclerosis, which is the condition that I have, that a lot of autoimmune conditions are triggered by trauma and stress, which is very, very interesting. A lot of genetic linkage as well. Anywho, my point here being, I have not always from birth lived with chronic illness. In my early 20s, I was diagnosed with a condition called lichen sclerosis, which is an autoimmune super inflammatory condition, which primarily affects my vulva. This is a condition that does, again, primarily affect women. Typically postmenopausal as well. It's really uncommon for young people to have it. I think is why I've somehow found every young person that does have it because we all congregate to these spaces on the internet where we're like, oh, this is really interesting to be dating with this condition that has so much pelvic pain involved and changes visually how we look, how we feel things and how we experience things like periods and fertility. Anywho, it is a condition that affects the skin of the vulva where your skin is attacking itself. So anyone with eczema, psoriasis, to a lesser degree, I'm sure can understand the idea of it, right? Where things that you do in the day or things that you eat or stress, big feelings can send you into a flare up. So with ligand sclerosis, typically what that looks like is really extreme itching, pain, ripping, tearing of the skin because it's very thin and also scarring, like thickening of the skin as well. Less about going about your day because even getting into a car can cause like a tear in your skin. It is not fun. I am in a really good spot right now where treatment has worked really well for me and I consider myself in remission and I do maintenance treatment twice a week. Gosh, there are times where literally getting dressed, like putting on jeans before I learned that jeans are not for people with lichen sclerosis, where I could feel my skin on my vulva tearing just from like putting on jeans. Really not fun. And for a lot of people, not fun to talk about. I'm an open book. I used to exclusively talk about reproductive health when I was doing period education online. I love talking about LS. I think that there is a lot of education that needs to be given out there, especially again for young people who often it takes a really long time for them to get a diagnosis. It's scary because LS does put you at a higher risk of vulvar and reproductive cancers, especially if left without treatment. Who? what's going on with me? And through that diagnosis and journey, I was introduced to the lichen sclerosis community. I found like I just found my people. And through that, I met a lot of other people with reproductive related chronic illness, especially people with endometriosis. Really interesting thing with chronic pain, chronic illness, autoimmune conditions is one is typically accompanied by another. Once you have one autoimmune condition, you are predisposed to just rack them up, to just keep having them pile on and on. I know I'm talking about this lightheartedly and I have to, for my own mental health purposes. It's stressful, it's scary, it's exhausting navigating the healthcare system. I think anyone with chronic illness can attest that getting that diagnosis is brutal. You know, endometriosis is very similar to like in sclerosis where it typically takes at least a decade to get a diagnosis. It's hard to advocate for healthcare providers to believe you. I was first trying to seek diagnosis for myself. I'd done some internet researching and I was really, really sure it was like in sclerosis despite me being like 21 at the time and very much so not postmenopausal. The first healthcare provider I saw told me to just start showering more after I'm sweaty and said, I just need to clean myself better, which thank God they're retired because now that I know how to stand up for myself, I would report the shit out of them for the audacity to say that and write me off, especially with this being a condition that if it goes left untreated, can result in cancer. I was really lucky that provider number two, my family doctor, 
is who believed me right away was like, yeah, you know what? This isn't very common in young people, but you're presenting with all the symptoms and let's, let's look into this. Let's start treatment right away and go through the diagnosis process and the treatment isn't going to harm you if it's not what it is. So better to try and get you feeling better sooner. And I went to my car and cried after. I was like, oh my God, first of all, there is maybe a light at the end of the tunnel of all this pain and uncomfortability. Just like, wow, somebody believed me. And I wish that everybody with chronic illness or mystery illness could have that moment. And I know not everybody does get that. And I have a lot of friends that are still fighting in the healthcare system to figure out what the fuck is going on with them. There's not always a cut and dry, clear, easy to find answer. And here in Canada, our healthcare system is in shambles. If you wanna see a specialist, you are probably waiting two to three years. And then you might get 10 minutes with them and you might end up on a wait list for a second opinion from another specialist. It's, it's brutal out there. Listen, I know the majority of my listeners are in America and I know y'all's healthcare system is fucked in its own unique way. Or if you don't have insurance, you're kind of SOL. But the access, if you are one of the lucky people with money or insurance to get to these doctors and specialists is just a lot more accessible than it is here in Canada. But I'm not here to get into the specifics of that. I wanna talk about how, you know, this has affected me and my worldview and why I am so not into capitalism and the system, if you will. And chronic illness is really the gateway that got me into dismantling my relationship with capitalism and the nine to five workforce because of how I saw it affecting my friends. I'm really lucky I've been self-employed pretty well my whole, well, my whole adult life, pretty well my whole life. And I got into self-employment and my job in the healthcare field prior to being diagnosed with chronic illness. So this was extremely like lucky, the stars aligning for me. Listen, I'm taking at least two sick days a month. If you have a regular, regular job, that is probably not gonna fly. That's probably how to lose your job or be put on like an attendance program list, which I just recently learned about those recently and wow. Anywho, I am just here to say that I'm one of the lucky people who started out in self-employment and started out in a field where I can take as many days off as I need to for appointments, for flare-ups, when I inevitably get the regular cold and flus that go around, but they hit me five times harder because my immune system is just shot. And then I also go into a flare of my condition. And you know, there's pros and cons to everything. No, I don't have paid sick days. I don't have disability pay. I don't qualify for WSIB, but I have the ability to return to a job if I need either short or long-term time off which if you have a nine to five, I'm sure you know, isn't the case. This is what leads to so many people in the chronic illness community to either being unemployed or resorting to some form of self-employment to still generate income, to keep a roof over their heads, to allow themselves time off for their condition and their lifestyle that they have to live with appointments and medication. This affects so many more people than you even think of on the surface level. Now I know there's the don't judge a book by its cover. I'll do it. We all have preconceived notions of when we think of chronic illness, what we think. So much of chronic illness is invisible illness. Things like IBD, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, reproductive health conditions, lichen sclerosis, which not many people know about. Endometriosis is a really big one. It's conditions that, especially endo and IBDs that are relatively more common and more talked about now that somehow because more people have them, capitalism has been like, okay, well, okay, so so what? I'm gonna accommodate you. I'm not going to provide you the work changes 
that you need. Probably not gonna even give a shit. And, oh, you, you need too much time off? You're out of a job. Even friends and family can be guilty of this where they don't understand the condition because they see this person functioning normally per se, most of the time they don't want to talk about at the, you know, friends get together out for sushi about their extreme bowel pain, fainting from blood loss on their period. When they do go into a flare-up, there's not always the support that should be there because it's just like a don't talk about it kind of situation. That's very not for delicious, especially if you don't have a lot of people in your circle, in your workplace, in your friends, in your family who also have chronic illness or understand it, it can feel really, really isolating and lonely. Also, can, can we just talk about how here in Ontario, anyhow, disability payments from the government, like aren't even enough to pay your rent, let alone groceries. So many people are just completely put out with no help. Anywho, anywho, this is just, like I said, one of the gears in the system of me just hating and needing to see capitalism and the way that the workforce has evolved to need to just be torn down, like completely rebuilt. This isn't fair. It's not manageable. And that's a small piece of the puzzle, right? With work. There's also just day-to-day -day things, right? Food for a lot of people with chronic illness is a really tricky one because a lot of things with diet can trigger inflammation, which can trigger autoimmune conditions. Or especially if you have a condition that affects your GI tract, the thought of like going out to eat at a restaurant can be really scary or just not doable at all. Like I said, I've altered my lifestyle quite a bit to just be conducive with my own chronic illness. My clients at work know that I miss a lot of work. They are okay in understanding that I'm gonna to need to reschedule on them multiple times a year, probably, because the common cold that they came to see me with, that they probably should have rescheduled their appointment for, that they've now given to me, that they can work through, I can't. And I'm now gonna be off for a week with no pay, having to reschedule on my other clients. And it's kind of just like a circle that, that keeps spinning. It's not to um, shame my clients because People that don't live with chronic illness don't, they just don't think about these things and get it. Majority of my people that I see in a day do get it and are very cautious in rescheduling if they even have like the sniffle. It's a weird balance and this has impacted friendships in my life a lot. You know, chronic illness aside, mental health wise, I have struggled with agoraphobia through the last decade, which has just decimated most of my friendships. It's also introduced me to, again, the online chronic illness community. I've made so many great internet friends who just get it and check in with, talk to you a couple times a week, see how they're doing, see how I'm doing, and no one's getting upset that we're not quote unquote making enough time for each other. Reality is I cancel on people a lot. Making plans is really hard for me because I'm not sure how I'm gonna be feeling that day. I get sick, especially in the winter, so frequently that on a Tuesday I could make plans for Thursday and by the time Thursday rolls around, I might not be able to make them. And not everybody is so understanding when that happens multiple times in a row where they wanna keep trying to see you. Thus, I am a very last minute person when it comes to doing social things where like I, I can't, I can't plan too much in advance, especially if something is paid, if there's like a dinner or something, count me 
out. I just know not to put that stress on myself because I'm going to be stressing myself into a flare leading up to a paid event that I don't want to lose money on. Because I'm like, well, what if I get sick? What if I get sick? What if I'm in a flare? And I throw myself into a flare and have to miss it anyways. So I try and live my life on the fly because I find that that works best with my lifestyle. And I know a lot of people with chronic illness can relate. It's a day by day thing. I don't even know what the heck I'm going to do next week because I'm just living with how I'm feeling today. Surrounding myself with a community of other people who get it and understand that has been really helpful and it's helped me better understand how to support the community too. Like I said, I work in healthcare, but even when I went to school, you know, we had pathology class, anatomy, physiology, didn't talk about the mental health side, the community care aspect of these conditions and chronic illness. And I have friends that have been homeless living in a tent this year because ODSP isn't enough to pay their bills. I have friends who haven't been able to work in a decade because of their chronic illness who are using mobility aids. Thus can't drive or public transport isn't really accessible to them with their wheelchairs. As much as many systems claim to be accessible, people in the chronic illness community really quickly learn that just because something says they're accessible, doesn't always mean it actually is. Anywho, the world is just not built for anybody who's not neurotypical, able-bodied. I know we know that. I know we know that, but it's something that I wanted to talk about today. Even things, right, like going to the grocery store, bright lights, lots of sound. For somebody that's living with, say, post-concussion syndrome or any type of chronic illness that affects their nervous system and their brain is enough to send them into a flare. I remember a couple of years ago, I went to the thrift store with one of my friends who has like a chronic migraine from post-concussion syndrome and TBI. And she had her sunglasses on and her earplugs in. And even that was like too much stimulation in the store. She was like, I need to go lay down in a quiet dark room. I think that's a good perspective for people that we need to just remember when we're going about our day-to-day -day things. And I think that's why I live such a grateful life when I am feeling well, that I'm like, I can go to work today. I can wake up and have a shower and the change from hot to cold isn't enough to send me into any kind of health flare. And that's great. If you've been in any kind of position, whether chronic or just acute, right? Even if you've just broken an arm before and you're like, oh my God, yeah, I can't brush my hair. I can't do this. I can't do this. Find different alternative ways you understand or have understood at some point in your life how debilitating that can be. For some people, that's their reality every single day. Now, when it comes to supporting your community for this in your workplace, think about what you can do. Talk to HR about policy changes. And this doesn't have to be for you. It almost matters more if you are the one that does not have chronic illness, who has the energy reserves to help advocate for other people. If you have that energy and that space and that time in your heart and in your brain to help advocate, talk to HR at your work. See what policies exist with the sick days, with accommodations. Look up your friend's illnesses. This is one that is so underrated for how much of a difference it makes. And this can be for both physical and mental health conditions. Looking into something so your friend doesn't have to explain it to you really saves just a lot of fatigue on their end and saves them that having to make it feel to them like they're understood. Look into how you can better support them and advocate for them. Ultimately, keep pushing for change with the system in general. Again, I know like today we we're just talking about chronic illness and how that cog in the machine of why capitalism is fucked, if you will. Whatever drive that is for you to keep dismantling the system and questioning the way that things work, I think we all just need a little bit more of that. Less keeping up with the Joneses, 
less going with the capitalistic flow. Just disrupting the system, disrupting it even if it's just with our thoughts and how we think about things. This went a little off the rails. I got a little off script. I lost place in my notes of ideas that I had that I wanted to talk about. I know this is a little bit of a different episode and different from the things that we typically talk about, but I think that it does really tie into the system and capitalism and consumerism. Something just close to my heart that I wanted to talk about this week. So to anyone else out there living with any kind of chronic illness, I feel you. I see you. I'm with you. I don't talk about it often because it is also exhausting and I like I don't really welcome too many questions for other people with lichen sclerosis. I'm happy to talk about it, but anyone else knows trying to like explain your condition to people and to have them understand how that impacts your life. It's tiring. It's exhausting. This was the avenue where I felt okay to dive into that a little bit more and explain that part of my life to y'all. And I know this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but hey, at least I'm getting one up this week. I can feel the funky energy coming in. It's been like a little bit too good of the past few weeks. And I can feel myself kind of dipping into a little bit of a low. So I'm going to try and just have an afternoon of taking care of myself. Oh my gosh, it's almost one o'clock already. I'm going to just braid my hair, get it out of my face and go make some dinner so that I can just have time to heat that up and eat before work tonight. And then my partner has dinner to come home to after class. Maybe just read some more in my book. Take it easy. Like I said, I think it was last week, I'm still having a lot of fun reorganizing the house. Just, you know, putting things in different places to remind me to wear them or use them. I also need to get started on knitting another jelly cat sweater. We visited my mom last weekend. Or was that two weekends ago now? I don't even know. Anywho, she has a purple jelly cat bunny that we got for her. And she was like, oh, so I saw your, I saw your Instagram about knitting your jelly cat sweaters. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also have ribbons on their ears. And she was like, oh. and I said, did you, would you like some for yours? And she said, yes, please. And she texted me the next day and she said, please don't forget a sweater and ribbons for my jelly cat. I looked at my partner and I said, this is where I get it. From a long line of sensitive women who love stuffed animals and sweet things and calm things, embrace their inner child. And I love that so much about my family. My grandma was the exact same way, bless her heart. That is on the agenda for today and tomorrow to hopefully get to her for this coming weekend. I'm just, I'm ready for spring. I'm just ready for more sun and to sit outside with the birds. The animals have been so confused by this nice weather. We saw the chipmunk out again and I'm like, you're supposed to be hibernating. One of my friend's dogs just got skunked in the morning. And again, I'm like, why are you out? It's February. That is a little concerning for wildlife and probably like crops. I'm not a farmer. I don't know how that works, but I know the weather affects it. And it's been a weird, weird warm winter again here in Ontario. And we had that again last year. It was like really warm. We had a couple big snowstorms and then just like warm, not much of an actual freeze. So anywho, but that kind of, you know, I do what I can. And then I scoop that in the rug of, I can't change it. I do my best and I can't think about it too much because I will spiral. Anywho, we have lots of fun episodes coming up in the future when I have the brain space and power to plan them out. A couple of people reach out again, my time, sense of time is all warped sometime in the last couple episodes when I talked about how I 
was like putting out feelers if y'all would want an episode on why I got out of working in the reproductive health space and the monopolization of reproductive health, women's circles, all, all of this like weird monetization of womanhood. And I had some people say, yes, I indeed would love to hear about that. So I think that is something that I would love to speak on as someone who worked in that space, got out of that space and knows a couple other people who used to work in that space and also left it because of the weird feelings that we started getting from that. Oh, that's something I definitely want to talk about. I want to talk more about nurturing your inner child because I think there is so much beauty and wonder in that. Definitely gonna need another Q&A episode on the horizon because that one was so much fun. As always, I'm so open to suggestions. I love to hear about what y'all want to hear about because I'm sitting here talking into the ether for 30 to 60 minutes every week and I get a couple messages always after, you know, podcast goes live on Sundays. We all love Sundays. And it's really helpful to hear what y'all love hearing about uh, because then I know what to talk more about. I'm just very grateful for this community. So thank you again so much for being here and for listening, sharing and enjoying. I think that's all she wrote. I know this was a short one. I know it was a little all over the place. And whenever I have these kind of episodes, the perfectionist in me is like, don't post it. Just record again and do something quote unquote better. But I am determined to get past that. This is a good exposure for my OCD. And so hopefully this episode will see the light of day. And I hope you enjoyed it enough. Anyhow, I will see y'all next Sunday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.